Hey gang, Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. How's it going? Episode 25, if you speak Yiddish. Here we are with Delvin Cox, who's doing Avatar. But before we get to that, some good news. Hey, you might be watching that, this video. I mean, whatever. What's wrong with me? Goddamn quarantine. Which means you're seeing us on YouTube. That's right. You can now see us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, Gutting the Sacred Cow. We just put up episode 24 on YouTube, so you can see us there. And now, of course, 25. Other good news, guttingthesacredcow.com is now up. You can click there to find out all the links for our different places you can listen to us. And, of course, the YouTube link, as well as our merch site. Do we have any merch up yet? No, because Kevin and I have to have a meeting to decide what we're going to try and pawn off on our public that they might actually appreciate besides a shirt and a coffee mug and figure out some kind of cool saying. So you guys get to help us decide what you guys think we should sell. What do you think should be on said merchandise? Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Don't forget, looking for more sponsors, hit us up on email, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. That's right, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. And now, Delvin Cox does... Avatar. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kinda like it, yeah, it's training right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter cause we're good in the sacred cow. Everybody, gutting the sacred cow, guten tag, guten abend, episode 25, if memory serves. Kevin Israel, how are you today, sir? Uh, we're doing good. How are you, brother? Good, man. Nice little streak we've had. We had David, the producer, on to talk about Goonies last. We had Ray Goose talking about Jurassic Park. We had Karen Margolis talking about Titanic. And God damn it, if you haven't done so already, follow us, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and now on YouTube. That's right. You can watch our lovely smiling faces and see one room of our houses as we broadcast and do a hell of a podcast for you. Today, we are doing and inviting Delvin Cox onto our show, whose show we did, God, what was it, about a month, a few weeks ago, Delvin, we did the uh, the show? Yeah, something like that. A couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago, something like it that. It was before yeah. the world fell apart. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we had a good old time, man. It's, it, we still get tweeted and, and, sh- and shout out every few days here in some of your uh, arguments, which is fun to do so. Delvin, tell me about your podcast real fast. My podcast is a podcast about diversity. You know, it's all it's like an interview podcast. Think like Arsenio Hall in the 90s. It's, it's a cool little podcast. Right. And if you couldn't tell by his voice, Delvin is Taiwanese. So that's uh, – <laughs> get that out of the way. Uh, it's, but, it's such a diverse podcast that he had two white Kevins on. Yes. <laughs> really spice things up. Meow. I, uh, we, so Delvin has been chomping at the bit. In fact, texting me all weekend in anticipation for his appearance tonight to take down – the second highest grossing film, or third, I guess now, right? Yeah. Third highest grossing film of all time, and that's James Cameron's Avatar. Kevin Israel, did you see this film in the theater? And what I were did. your? Yeah, me too. It I took saw. me. It took me a month to get almost to see this film. By the way, because it was sold out all the fucking time. I think I saw it opening night. Did you really? I didn't get tickets for it. I was like, ah, I don't know. We'll see. And the reviews were through the roof. And I there said, was All right. such a build-up to this movie, and 
so much, just so much put behind this movie in the way of marketing and everything that I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I went, I went and saw it uh, opening night. I went um, to go see this, but it was sold out. So I saw it in the, instead up in the air, which is fantastic. Uh, with George Clooney, if, you, if you've never seen that one. That's never seen it, but I've heard oh, it. Really I love it. And the book is great, too. It was a great trans, uh, transition. But Avatar, I mean, this changed the world. Let's be honest. This absolutely changed the world. We'll get into this, some fun facts later. But as we know, Cameron wanted to do this years before the technology was ready. And I think the number was something like $400 million in 99 when he had the idea to do it. And, they, and no studio was like, yeah, fuck you. We're not doing that. So, but let's talk about Avatar, some numbers. Budget, $237 million budget. Million, Jesus Christ, Avengers is like 200 some million in 2020, you know, 2019 and 2018. 237 back in 09, which translates to $285 today. But you talk about a hell of an investment, $2.79 billion, $2.79 billion in 09, which in today's dollars, 3.36 3.36 billion. That is not fuck you money. That's fuck me money. That's, right that's now. small country budget money. I mean, he has two of the 10 highest grossing films of all time that have probably made a combined, what, six, seven billion dollars? Seven billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's stupid. Money. And then, of course, he's got Terminator 1 and 2 in there. He's got uh, True Lies. I mean, we're talking easily. What do you want to say? A trillion, close to a trillion? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that it's a trillion, but it's definitely it's definitely up there. Uh, the Abyss. I mean, he's got a whole treasure trove of, of films in there too. Kevin Israel, IMDb, one to ten. You know the drill. Give me a number. IMDb. I'm going to say this was an eight nine. Seven point eight. Wow. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes, hit me. Uh. Eight one. Eighty two percent. Oh, so I said I was I was at eighty one. Right. Very good. Audience score. Ninety. Eighty two percent. Wow. Ain't that some shit. Cameron's films have grossed two billion in North America, six billion worldwide, second and third highest grossing films of all time. He has a Achievement of directing the first two of five films in history to gross over $2.2 billion, like I just said. Blah, blah, blah. All right. I'll look at that later when uh, Dalvin's getting into his stuff. All right. Quotes. Zero. There are zero quotes in this film. This is not, the only thing quotable is every lame-ass drill sergeant cliche. Like, hell would have been a better R&R trip than this mission. They will shit you out dead. We are gonna, this is, we're doing this high and tight and have me back home for dinner. Like every shitty Army Ranger cliche this film had. Quote-wise, zero. What about you, Kevin? Uh, the only quote that I thought ha- had any, uh, any significance was when he first goes into the Avatar. He goes, this, he goes, cool, or this is cool, or something. And he looked like you have that feeling that he's like really amazed with what just happened to him. Right. And I was like, that's how somebody would respond. Like this, like, whoa. Um, but other than that, no, there was nothing quotable in the movie. It's amazing. Not a great sign to start off with. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know James Cameron? looks like he produced Point Break. Did he? Catherine Bigelow directed it. I know that. 
But he wrote, he wrote and produced Point Break, 83 million worldwide. The Abyss, 90 million worldwide. Sanctum, never saw it, no. 108 million worldwide. Aliens, excellent, 131 million worldwide. Terminator, Dark Fate, wow, and this was a bomb, 258 worldwide. Imagine if it was good. True Lies, 378. Uh, Alita, Battle Angel, he did this? That was actually a pretty good movie. I watched it not long ago. You're right. It's not bad. 404 worldwide. T2, 520. Titanic, 2.1 billion. Avatar, 2.7 billion. So, I mean, without doing the number, I'll do that later. But again, this is... So so what you're saying is, amidst all of this coronavirus nonsense, Cameron's going to be okay. Kirk Cameron? Yeah, he'll be fine. Kirk Kirk Cameron will be fine. I don't know about James Cameron. Yeah, he's got to be close to... Jesus, four seven billion ish. Yeah, that's about Easy. right. Not, okay, five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. James Cameron would keep a nail gun on set where he would, he would nail offending ringing cell phones above an exit sign because he ran a tight ship on set. What is he, an eighth-grade teacher? Yo, when you make that kind of fuck you money, you better come <laughs> professional. James, you better be buying me a new cell phone, and I, I better not be having this iPhone 8 bullshit. <laughs> I don't want a Motorola Razor, you fucking cheap piece of shit. I love how you drink out of a laundry detergent bottle, by the way. It's delicious. <laughs> James Cameron, number two, wanted to have the film come out in 1999, as I had said, because the budget would have been $400 million. The studios shelved it for eight years. What film did he see where he said it's, the technology has now finally caught up? What film inspired him to say, time to revisit this? Uh, I, I don't know. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, when he saw really? Gollum. Yeah, Gollum is what did it for him. Wow. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Which makes was sense. what? Is that 04? Yeah, I was going to say 03, 04. 03, yeah, right around there. Number three, James Cameron agreed to forego his director fee if the film flopped. Well, guess what? <laughs> to help actors portray for the role, prepare for the roles, James Cameron took the cast to Hawaii, where they hunted and fished during the day, but stayed at the Four Seasons at night because nothing prepares an actor with a three thousand dollar night suite after a day of glamping. He should have asked Sam Worthington to practice his American accent a little more. A little bit, right? By the way, he was living in his car when Cameron gave him the call that he was picked. Did you know that? Who was considered for the role of uh, Jake? Two names. Big one. Well, one really big, one pretty big. I, I could see Keanu Reeves having done it. Whoa. No, not Keanu Reeves. Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I mean, those two guys are interchangeably. And Matt Damon. But why did Jake Gyllenhaal turn this down? He was too busy filming What? The Prince, Prince of Persia? Yes, Prince of Persia. <laughs> you get, wow, you yeah, saw that? <laughs> I never saw it. I never played the game because oh. I never never give a oh. shit. I heard. Yeah, it's 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 widely panned as a terrible. Yeah, it was his it was his foray into being an action star. He they they were like, oh, you know, he's gonna 
he's now can be the next action star. Yeah. No. I mean, he kind of was. He became, well, he became in, in Spider-Man. He got in Spider-Man that way, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. He got with source code he was in, too. Uh, I guess, yeah, that's it. All right. That was a, another highly underrated movie. I liked it. I saw it in the theater. I was bored. I said, what the fuck? I'll go see it. Not bad. Not bad at all. But now, more importantly, who cares what, what our fun facts have to say? Dalvin Cox, it is you who have chosen this film. Dalvin Cox, please, it is now your turn to gut the sacred cow. First and foremost, let me say that this movie is a piece of shit. It is a glorified fucking tech demo. The plot is stupid. This movie is fucking soul man, essentially. It's not good. You're saying Soul Man because it's a, it's a white man putting on blackface? Is that what you're alluding to? Essentially, yes. <laughs> it's almost the same fucking plot where this white guy is trying to assimilate himself into black or navy culture to, to, to kind of adapt to this culture and find out information on them. So you're saying this is a metaphor for Michael Rappaport's career? Wow. I was going to say, uh, what's the lady name? Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, Rachel Dolezal. Rachel, yeah, Dolezal, yeah. yeah. Rachel Dolezal, yeah. <laughs> this is Rachel Dolezal, the movie. <laughs> That's good. I like the passion that you've kicked it off with. This movie fucking sucks. It's it's horrible. The plot is kind of generic. And the thing about this movie is this movie, this is what gets me so mad about this movie. It's in a generic-ass movie that's been coasting off of a special effects and success for damn near a decade. <laughs> Very true. Like, yeah. like for example, this 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 one movie, one movie, apparently has multiple sequels that we haven't seen any of yet. Coming out has a fucking awesome ride. Has <laughs> a multitude of toys. It has a multitude of video games. It has all this stuff for such a shitty movie. The ride, the ride is bonkers. I've been on it twice. I fucking love that ride. Yes. But you're, I agree. Yes. Why couldn't Big Trouble Little China get a sequel? Yo, now you're talking my language right there. Oh, that's you just you just struck at the core of me. For, for <laughs> all the movies that that people are planning sequels for to make so much money, this movie is not deserving of two billion dollars. This movie is deserving of eight fucking ninety nine. I will say this, and I heard the episode about the Titanic. I will say. And this is going to be controversial. James Cameron's two highest grossing movies are his fucking worst. Born as shit. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see a problem with that. We, we, just, we just covered Titanic, and here we are. Both of, them, both of those movies are boring as shit, and they are unentertaining. I'll give you a perfect example of this movie. In the beginning of the movie, okay, Jake Sully, Sam Worthington, who is poor man's Chad and Chatham. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's apparently paralyzed from serving in war and shit like that, right? Right. But through the beginning half of the movie, his other fellow soldiers are mocking him for being handicapped and becoming basically a a handicapped person. Meals on wheels. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? You serve your country and you get injured in a lot of duty. They're like, hey, fuck you, cripple. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, 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 the hazing in the VA must have been out of this fucking world, right? <laughs> and then, okay, the guy offers him, hey, we're going to give you back your legs. And the first thing when he said is like, why y'all shouldn't give back your legs in the first place? 
He served and fought for this country. Why right. not help him first? If you go in and pretend to be this other race and get information on them because we want to fuck up their land just like we fucked up Earth. That's, like, a, great, that's a great point. Right? I wonder when I on the rewatch, I wondered why when they those the you know the company guys came to him and all, and said you know the pay's good, real good. I would have been like, well, give me my legs back and I'll go. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't think about giving his legs back or anything like that. Like, first you have to do this for us, then we'll give you your legs back. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's a, his negotiation skills were poor at best. <laughs> yes. To say the least. And then he gets to this, he finally becomes this 10-foot avatar and shit like that. And he has to readapt to this culture and stuff. Like, nobody really thought, like, hey, why did this fucking guy know a damn thing about our culture at all? Well, that was What's-Her-Face's argument, Sigourney Weaver's argument. Yeah, it was, it's fucking baffling that he got so far. Okay, I'll put it like this. Imagine, Kevin, either yeah. one of you, Kevins, we paint you black. Nope. And we put you in Compton. Nope. <laughs> and say, survive three months in Compton. We're not going to tell you anything about black culture, music, or anything. How long do you think you'll last? Listen, I saw Die Hard 3. I know how that goes now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, do I have a mean crossover and jump shot? Then I give myself five hours. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yeah, that's been a chance. It's a, it, is, it is a good point that they he went out so early and had no knowledge of these people. Like, they probably would have sat and made him sit through some classes to learn about them before they just sent him out into the jungle with a gun. Yeah. And then he somehow adapts to these people, like like Pocahontas, of course, like the movie Pocahontas. He adapts to learn their culture. Then he decides he wants to stay and all this stuff. And then, then this is where the, come, the message comes in, like, hey, the humans, the white humans are destroying our land. We have to fight this land and stuff like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they're kind of like politicizing the whole thing. And the, the main character, the bad guy, is cartoonishly villainous. He's like, oh, fuck yeah. these navvies. I don't give a fuck about this land. Like, you would think that they, somebody would be like, you know what? Our Earth resources are depleted for doing the exact same shit. Maybe we shouldn't do it, the same thing we did on Earth here. Well, and it's funny what you said about him being cartoonishly the bad character. Because I was like, how do we know he's bad? He's playing golf in the in the main area where we meet <laughs> him. That's how we know he's a dick. Yeah. And then, further in the movie, when he's in his... Um, He's basically in the suit from Aliens, his Ecto suit, and he's fighting the navvies and shit like that. He pulls out a fucking knife. Like, what? what? Where the yeah. fuck did that come from? How did they build Who thought, like, maybe this robot would need a fucking knife to fit all people with? <laughs> and it's not like a robotic knife arm and shit like that. It's a fucking knife. You'd think with a, an, a, a, what was it again, a uh, $237 million budget, they would go, you know what, let's have something that's kind of futuristic and, and, and cool for this kind of coin we're dropping instead of a goddamn, like you said, a, a damn near a, a machete or whatever the fuck <laughs> it, we're going we're gonna to go with. Maybe a, a lightsaber does some funky lightsaber. shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he pulls out a fucking long, regular-ass knife. Right. And this, this movie is just so fucking cliche and so stupid. It's a, oh, first of all, it's way too long. Oh. Uh. I forgot it was when I fired it up yesterday. I had I actually own it because again another Amazon not Amazon a, 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 a an iTunes special for seven bucks or eight bucks whatever. Go oh, what the fuck I'll have it. 
and I fired up and it says two hours and 59 minutes ago, motherfucker, I forgot about that. It's not a and, fun two hours and 59 minutes. No, either. and it drags. I mean, the first hour and a half, I'm saying like, we're now, we're now at the halfway point and there's still nothing done. Nothing. Yes. The plot moves at a snail's pace and it makes you hate the movie even more. Then when the part when you get to the part where it's actually action, you don't even give a fuck anymore. It's like, what the fuck? I don't care. Kill all these fucking aliens. Kill all the fucking humans. Blow up the fucking planet. I don't even shit. No, you got to get the unobtainium. The worst named element ever. <laughs> even Stan Lee came up with adamantium for Wolverine instead of like, I can't think of something anium. Instead of that shit. Unobtainium is actually worse than vibranium. Oh, for Captain <laughs> yes. America's shield? Yeah. Yes. He might as well just call that shit Viagra and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> or anus lingium or some shit like that. <laughs> anus lingium. You should have just called it MacGuffin. Yes. <laughs> hey, Jim, how about Flubber? Can we use Flubber? But that was a nutty professor. So what? Why not? So what? <laughs> we, can, we can buy the rights for Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to fucking, uh, you know, whatever the hell it was again. Unbelievable. You're right. I agree. This and like I said, it's not the movie is mediocre at best. But the, my biggest problem with this movie is it's praised like it's such an amazing movie. Like it's it's up there with the classic movies. And then the fact the matter, matter about the movie that makes makes me so angry about it is the fact that when Avengers was gonna break this movie's record, people was talking so much shit about how oh it's, it doesn't deserve to break Avatar's record and all this this this. Not knowing Avengers took a hundred fucking movies to build up to this point of success. Avatar's one movie. And it's basically watched. It was a it was a watchable movie because, okay, this is some technology you've never seen before. That's the whole kick of this movie. It's not that it's a good movie. It's not that it's even fucking entertaining. It's the fact that this is some cool shit you haven't seen before. We're gonna give it to you now. And now if you compare Avatar to movies of today. It does not hold up at all. Not even close. Not with writing quality. No, not at all. I agree. Like any of the Avengers film, well, the second one was kind of weak, but especially the, la the last two were so smart and just layered with great layers and characters you give a shit about and development. Yeah, you get, here's the difference. I just rewatched Endgame two days ago, which is the same exact time as Avatar. And at no point was I watching Endgame again and going, Jesus Christ, another 45 minutes left? Nope. Yep. Stand the stern, baby. I was all in and loving every fucking minute of it. You I don't, agree. You don't care about any of these characters. There was no None. character development. None. They were all the most cliched versions of the characters they were trying to create, except Sam Worthington, who you never quite figure out who he was. Was he a badass? Was he a loner? Was he angry about his disability? Was he, the you know... The, when he, even when he makes the kind of turn to understanding the the Navi, you don't buy like that. He never felt like he was fully on the side of the military to make that turn. Like there was just no character development anywhere. And I mean, he's a terrible actor. Yes, there was no development, and that's why a movie like The Avengers, you cared about all of those characters. Yes, and and Michelle Rodriguez playing Letty from Fast and the Furious yeah. in the same as a helicopter pilot. <laughs> Only thing I was missing waiting for her to do was hit the nitrous button when she was in the ship trying to escape. I'm pretty sure that just that's just Michelle Rodriguez. I don't think yes. she's I don't think she's got a personality outside of that. 
a she just plays yeah. Michelle Rodriguez and everything she's in. She's Michelle yeah. Rodriguez in Resident Evil. She's Michelle Rodriguez in Avatar. She's Michelle Rodriguez in all 21 of the fucking Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. She, you're not going to see Michelle Rodriguez in Little Women. Let's put it like that. Uh, well, yes. Unless they remake it with all Hispanic women. Then still no, actually. Little Latinas. <laughs> Pequeñitas, maybe. <laughs> Cute. Continue, sir. But this movie is just awful. Sam, Sam Worthington, I have to say it. He is not a good actor. The well, best what, role what, has he, what has he been in since? He did this? He did Terminator Salvation? That Man. was his best role. Right. Because he was a fucking Terminator. Right. A lifeless machine. That was the best thing he could possibly play. He is not good. I'm sure. let, let, let's see what he's been in since as I... Avatar, Clash of the Titans. Oh, look at that. He's going to get a paycheck for Avatar, too. He was in Wrath of the Titans, Man on a Ledge, Hacksaw Ridge. I don't remember him in that. Actually, it was a very, that was a good film, really good, if you have not seen that. He probably died before the credits. Last Night, Sabotage, Everest. I never saw that. Macbeth, Dreamland. That's coming out. The Debt, never heard of it. Fractured, never saw that. The Shack, never saw that. A bunch of, I mean, besides Man on a Ledge and Hacksaw Ridge, a bunch of nothing. But he's in, by the way, Avatar 2, 2021. Avatar 3, 2023. Avatar 4, 2025. So Sam's going to be okay. None of those movies are coming out. <laughs> no, no. Keep getting, getting delayed forever and ever. I think 2020, I think the, the Avatar 2 is it filming or filmed. No, it's, it, it got delayed because of Corona. Oh, they it did? They, they never started filming it? I think it, they did. And I, I think they did. And they had to stop. Yeah, in, that, in that sounds about right. I don't believe that shit at all. I don't think they even have a script. <laughs> they just said, what do you want to do? We'll, we'll keep saying we're going to film this movie so people can have hope. And we'll just keep telling people that so that you keep buying shit. So we can make Avatar 2 the fucking ride and Avatar 3 the ride and shit like that. They don't put out any movies that are good. Just keep banking off this movie forever. It's hmm. shit. It's terrible. It's not a good film. <laughs> I don't recommend anybody watch this film. There are too many good movies you can go see. Watch Battle Royale. Delvin, I, did you see it? Did you see it in the theater? Yes, I did. And did you hate it when you saw it? Yes, I did. I fell asleep the first time I watched it, and then. Oh no, 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 no! No, I'm going to tell you what happened. You didn't fall asleep. I fell asleep. When people say this is boring, because what that was actually one of the reviews written. You can't say this is boring in the sense of you're so visually stimulated. You can say the plot's garbage, and we're and we're a hundred percent with you. But you can't say it's boring or you fell asleep because this thing I is fell asleep. Fucking, dude. This film, this is like Sofia Vergara, Sama Hayek, or Halle Berry. As in their prime, and they're naked. They are the quintessential Vegas ten. But this film is like they lay there like a dead fish. That is this film. I was just going to say that. Beautiful look at, beautiful, insane. Your jaw drops. I mean, I'm watching on my fucking TV. My god, damn. You know, eleven years later, this thing is still as picturesque as it comes. And but. It, it, the, the, you're right. The, the 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 shitty plot cannot be carried by the by the, the again by the beauty, the aesthetic pleasing beauty that it's portrayed on the screen. It's, it, you're 100. percent But you can't say it's boring. You cannot say it's it was boring. No. Did you really fall asleep, David? Yes, I had to watch it twice because I, I went. The person I went with, I fell asleep and watched it. They got pissed off at me. Said we got to go see it again together. I had to go fucking watch this movie. And who's, stay who's who's they? Who's getting pissed off? You're falling asleep in the theater. 
my friend and my now ex-wife. I see. <laughs> and that's probably why she's my ex-wife because she liked this fucking awful ass movie. Six hours of movie right there. Yes. Well, he, it, fell, he fell asleep, so maybe an hour, or maybe four and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. This is my thing. And you're co- absolutely correct, Kevin. This movie is a hot chick, but it's a hot chick who can't fuck. That's exactly what I just said. You're right, yeah. And, and that's the whole thing about it. it, it and it's, the thing about this movie is once you fuck her once and realize you can't, she can't fuck, you may not want to fuck her twice. Avatar fooled me once. Avatar fooled me twice, goddammit. You would not fucking fool me again with this awful ass movie. I mean, I'm fucking Salma Hayek again in her prime, or Denise Richards in her prime. Again, not going to be anytime soon, but if I have to go back to that well, well, there's a 10, kids. But yeah, I'm, is it on my, on my recent rewatch list? It will not be. I, I probably won't watch this again until maybe when the second one comes out, and if it's re- well-reviewed, then I will see it again. In, For the record, in anticipation. Salma Hayek is still damn near her prime. Yes, she is. She's Very great. Gorgeous. Listen, you put go go watch her now. Desperado and now. You, there's a downgrade, a slight one, but a downgrade. I will say. Continue. Anything else, Delvin? Or, or, or is no, that it? that's it. I've, okay. I've read it enough. This movie's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. Fucking use it for a weed plate. <laughs> wow. Bold <laughs> statement. What if you have a digital copy? Then what? <laughs> Critics. I don't. <laughs> go ahead. I don't know what to do. If you have a digital copy, just fucking delete your digital copy off. Never think of it again. Digitally throw that shit in the trash. Fuck, I've got a eight dollar. Yeah, it's it's staying. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Kevin, this one hits home. Rewatching it with fresh eyes ten years later, the movie's pluses and minuses both rise into much starker relief. The verdict, it's fine. <laughs> Next one, the narrative would be ho-hum without the spectacle. But what spectacle? But what a spectacle, excuse me. As Avatar is dizzying, enveloping, vertiginous. I don't know what that, that's a, that's a new word to me. Fuck I ran- <laughs> Yeah, piece of shit, fuck up. Yo, yo the, uh, the associates in English lit are shining brightly today, kids. I ran out of adjectives an hour in its 161 minutes. Avatar nearly entertained me for nearly three hours, and I left the theater satisfied, even if my critic spidey sense tingled at some of the cliches and formulaic filmisms. Piercing the hype, Avatar may not be a quote-unquote game-changer, but I'll be damned if the game just didn't get a hell of a lot more interesting from here on in. I think they're all saying the same thing. They are. Yeah, I feel like the good reviews and the bad reviews are all going to say the same shit. <laughs> well, let's go to the bad. The critic one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. In my opinion, Avatar has been hyped beyond the point of forgiveness. I like this person. The plot is sadly so predictable, I found myself saying lines of dialogue before they happened, and I did as well. Learning from your visuals from Jack Kirby is one thing, but too often it sounds like Cameron learned to write dialogue from the guy too. (laughs) 
Cameron knows the viewer will recognize Avatar's story from elsewhere, whether as the love affair between John Smith and Pocahontas or almost all of Ferngully, nice fucking dig, and tries to dazzle the viewer with shock and awe. And so bad. <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the ooze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Some of these are wordy, but you just bear with me. Trust me. This movie was everything that can awaken all people to the truth of what has been happening for many years here globally. It's time for humanity globally to wake up and shift their consciousness from a more positive living for, more, for many more generations to be able to live in love, peace, caring, and compassion for each other the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. It's time to shift actions and consciousness from the older generations. Same old thinking, which is broken. All to best of those who are awakening to the reality of truth. Uh, yet another blowhard who probably submitted the same review to Vulture. That's what I suspect here, fellas. Did that person shut the fuck up? Like, oh. sanctimonious. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. It's not the Quran. Someone written by... You never want to invite to a dinner party. Okay. Yes. Next one. I really love this movie. It was entertaining, fairly feminist, and provided a profound commentary on our relationship with nature and the inhumanity of the military-industrial complex. Disappointingly, it was another Hollywood film where the white guy comes in and saves the day for exploited people who can't do it themselves. But I mostly forgave that because the rest was so good. Sign someone who we should exercise social distance with after the virus is over. What the fuck is fairly feminist? Yeah, because uh, what? A what's her face was uh, of feminism. Oh. This, this, it Wait. was sixty percent feminists. I do not take anyone seriously who has a checklist of themes to hit during a film over and out. Fuck them. Yes. Next one. This is the best movie I have ever seen. Next to the classic, of course, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> wow. And I've never seen Dirty That's hilarious. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. And don't, don't plan You've on it. never seen Dirty Dancing? Nope. No plan wow. on it. Why would I? Same thing with Grease. I have no desire. But even Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing deserves a close second spot, according to me. LOL. Great movie. I bought it now and have not stopped watching it yet. Have it now maybe six months and watch it at least twice a week. This person doesn't have a job. Now, I just saw this for the first time six months ago, so it moved me to tears. Also moving to get motivated about the global elites that run our world, driving it into global catechism. A one world everything by the Antichrist in the new world bastard order where all the lies they brainwashed us with since antiquity. Prayers going out to everyone. I can hang out with this person. Wait, wait. <laughs> humanity, humanity needs Yeshua. Right. Right. This would have been Chris Benoit's review if he did it for himself <laughs> and his family. Boom. And just after WrestleMania, what a timely, what a well-written, timely written joke, Kevin. Thank well you done, much, guys. Good job. It moves me in subtle ways that I just don't quite understand. I grew up in science fiction. I grew up reading science fiction in a my small town library, as that is where my single mom dropped me off to be babysat translation my mom dropped me off so she could get fucked by the third baseman from the local softball team that's the way i read that one guys how about you the first stack go ahead I'm really focused on the little human bouncing behind me. yes yes yeah. oh that's about my little monkey butt oh she's yeah. behind the chair 
first sec as you walked into the library, library was the science fiction section, and that's where I began my love affair with Robert Heinlein, Isaac Asimov, and so on from the age of eight. There is always philosophy embedded in good science fiction. This movie is the granddaddy of them all. What is he doing, the fucking Rose Bowl introduction here? <laughs> When it comes to outstanding and other worthy, worthy special effects and moral lessons. But if you like that genre, you will not be disappointed. I have watched it half a dozen times and have been awestruck every time. Last one and my favorite. Very good movie. I wanted to watch it ever since it came out in 2009, but I haven't yet. It was nice to stay at home, wash some grapes, drink some Malta, Caribbean drink with no alcohol, and, turn off, and turn off my lights in the bedroom <laughs> and watch it. I rented it. Wash some grapes? Yeah. Did they eat the grapes they washed? <laughs> you know, I was sitting here wondering, did this guy, is he a not a grape washer? Like, maybe he washes his hands after he takes a shit. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he washes his grapes before he eats them. Maybe he doesn't. You never know. This maybe. guy is, is fully staying in his house right now and afraid yes. to leave. Maybe he picks his belly button and eats it. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. It's time for Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. This movie. Oh, the open mic section, Delvin. This is our favorite. The movie is so full of esoteric messages that I regret ever watching it. And this guy, number two, is right up your alley. Boring. That was one word he wrote. Boring. I like this this that guy, yeah, boring. One word. I'm like, <laughs> I respect this, that. This is this is has to be from a guy who's been banned from many Motel Sixes for throwing TVs out of the window during a speed-induced occurrence. <laughs> I think next one. One of the most overrated movies ever. No wonder people forgot about it so soon. This movie is just not for me. I bought it because my husband loves it. It does have some great graphics. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> graphics. Instead <laughs> a computer program, dum-dum. And lots of action. But as I stated, it was for my husband, who was a big fan. Something she's tells the, me... Something, she's yeah, divorced that person immediately. You know, something tells me that, that she's not a big fan of BJ's either. Or fun. Or mustache wax remover. You don't mean the uh, <laughs> membership club, do you? What's that? No. This film contains too many bad words for my daughter. My oldest, what? yeah, my what? old, yeah. I don't remember any. My well, a couple. Was there any bad words? Yeah, that's how jaded we are. They might have said shit a few times, but you, you know how these southern assholes are so tightly wound that if they hear the word shit, they uh, now you can do your impression of. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. My oldest saw this as a preschooler in the theater. Stop. I have a preschooler. No fucking way is she sitting through a three-hour affair in the theater. And by the way, if you brought a preschooler to the theater, you should have gotten burned. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. My oldest saw this as a preschool in the theater, right? She loved it. Besides the difference in <laughs> besides the difference in venue, I'd say that parents of school-aged children should watch it first and then decide if the concepts, visuals, extreme characterizations of indigenous people, marines, and corporate executives, and lessons about life, love, friendship, and personal responsibility are appropriate for your family. Because, you know, as a father myself, I want my pre-K child to have a proper opinion of the marines and corporate executives. I don't know about you, classless fucks, but <laughs> it should be your priority. 
You know, this is definitely the person who asked for an itemized receipt at the diner at 3 a.m. Yes. <laughs> Fuck that person. Again, I, you can, I can see her now, Knoxville, Tennessee, clutching the pearls as you've aptly put. Kevin Israel, give me your notes. What do you have? So I saw this movie, like I said, in the theater. I believe it was opening night. Um, right. At the time, there was nothing visually that compared to this movie. No, I, not even I, close. I, I guess Lord of the Rings came close in spectacle, but the fact that it completely immersed you in a completely CGI universe. And they did. When they first showed the Avatar and it looked like Sam Worthington, yeah. I remember I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Because sure. it really looked real. You know, for so long, it was so hard to put the CGI in the actual world and, and as the viewers say, oh, yeah, I can see those two things existing. Perfect example was Ang Lee's Hulk. Okay. The Hulk looked so bad and so unrealistic that you – the movie – I mean, the movie was bad for many reasons. Terrible. The Hulk just didn't look like that creature would have existed in the real world that they were trying to create. And here you had such realism and everything. I mean, they just moved in the way that everything was, and even, I mean, the whole world was CGI. Everything was CGI. So there was just nothing like that before. And visually, and like you said, I, I just, I, we just got a new TV right before the whole world fell apart. And Perfect timing. And yeah, yeah, well, perfect timing. And, a, you know, it's 70-inch, 4K. And watching this, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. This still looks good. Like it has not lost anything. Now, that's where for me the good kind of ends. This was a one kind of a one watch wonder for me because now we've seen so much better shit than this. So, but hold on. I don't know if I agree with that. I think this is still at least tied for whatever film example you can give me. You want to say <laughs> Avengers? I, I would agree, but I would still say. Avengers is not better, you know, aesthetically wise, aesthetic wise. I'd still say this right now is, is still the king of the mountain and it may share that top of the mountain with other films, but I don't think it's like you said, it did not, it's not lost one mile on its fastball. That's, that's fair. But there's just, there's not, once you've seen this movie and once you've been visually awed by it, right. There's nothing else there. Right. To make you say, I want to go back and watch that again. And oh, to I agree. Through, like you said, the, you, it takes you an hour and a half to get to the really visually impressive shit. And by the time you get there, after, if you've already seen the movie, it's, the payoff is just, it just isn't worth it today. Back no. then, when I first saw that movie, I walked out of the movie feeling like I had a religious experience. Sure. I was like, I just saw something that we've never seen. I had, this, I had a similar feeling to when I walked out of The Matrix. Oh, uh-huh. that, that was – when you said uh, the, the film that kind of really triggered it, I was going to say The Matrix has to be in that conversation without a yeah. doubt. And I walked – same exact – I saw it in college for crying. I walked out, yeah. and I could not stop shutting up about it. I told my fraternity brothers, like, dude, you have to go see this fucking movie. It is a game changer. Same here. Same you know, here. Script, everything, everything, the whole package yep. blew me away. And it's still amazing 21 years later. Oh, yeah, Matrix still holds up. Mm-hmm. But, Matrix, but Matrix is also a great movie. Excellent. Great, yeah. great story. It was completely original at the time. This, and, you know, the Fern Gully analogy is beaten to death, but it's 100% true. The movie almost follows beat for beat the Fern Gully plot, 
and and almost every other environmental plot. Soul um, man. The, the, what's that? Soul man. Yeah, soul, soul man. man. Right. No, you and and it's and that and it's a great comparison too. And the, every all of the characters are really really one dimensional and cliched. The, the you know the corporate exec like I said playing golf in his suit and tie. Why are you wearing a suit and tie in space? Like what what purpose does that serve? But well, I'm ass- I'm asserting my authoritative you know authoritative authority of nature is what I'm doing by wearing a suit. And Giovanni Rubisi not exactly the embodiment of someone. No, and that was runs. such weird yeah. casting. Yeah, but he's a good actor, but. Yeah. That was just that was very strange acting. Play, playing, a, play, playing a stockbroker, I'll buy it. Playing a corporate shill or you know, VP, nope. No, no. They could have gotten so many. Anyway, but the, the, the scene when they first introduce him and, you know, he's having it out with, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, why am I blanking on her Sigourney name? Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. And he's yelling at her. And then he goes, come into my office. And he brings her in and they have to have the little scene of him explaining unobtainium, which you, I, I mean, you could have thrown three words together and made a better element than unobtainium. Yeah. And he shows it to her and he explains it to her. And it's like, why are you, ex- she knows why. Like, you're obviously explaining this for the audience. The right. audience needs this information. Yes. But it was the cheesiest way to get to that point. Um, so, you know, like, I, there's, there's tons of stuff of cliches that you could pick apart in this movie. My actually, actually, my favorite character in the movie is Stephen Lang's character. Because I feel like he was the most honest character. Like, he's he's an asshole soldier who's just living the life that he was trained to live, and he's just going through the motions. And yeah, he was cliched, and, and you know. But at least, at least I believed him, and I believed that that character would behave in that way, and his motivation made sense. But everybody else was just, it was just so flat and so... Just so dull. The the movie the the plot was just so dull. But uh, on rewatching, I was still I still you know when they started when they were surfing through the branches of the of the of the jungle, it just looked fantastic. Yeah, and it, I mean it, it. You do get caught up in it very easily when he wakes up and he looks down at his hands and he realizes he can walk again. You kind of feel that. You can, that there was there were there are moments there, but it's it is it is all supported by this really really hyper political environmentalist nonsense. Just hugging bullshit. Yeah, and it's and look, I I get it, and and it's not, it's not a bad message, but it's just this was just such a weird vehicle for it in this movie that he had. And when you read about his planning of this movie, that he did plan it back in the nineties and that he put together all the science fiction that he ever saw and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, I'm a fucking crunchy tree hugger. And that's what I want to say. Like, it, it was, it just, it, it just, it, the, the movie, the plot falls flat. I have no idea. I could not, the three of us could sit down for 10 hours and a case of beer and not come up with whatever shit they're going to write three sequels about. Yeah. Like, what more story is there to tell about this? I, I already, I, I, I really barely cared about it by the end of this movie that we're going to have to learn. Like, what are they going back to revisit? Are they, is it going to be a war? It's almost like the making. They're going to, they're going to fuck. He's going to fuck her. They're going to have a kid. That's what's going to happen. They're going to have a little Navi kid. And they're gonna have to figure out bringing him into into the Earth or the, or the human race or the Navi race and train him. There's going to be a kid. I promise you yeah. that. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. The B and C plots. I don't know. We could, like you said, let's get a case of fucking beer and we can hammer that shit out as well. 
But I guarantee there's going to be a kid, and I just don't know why they're doing it. Uh, three and four, did I say as well? Jesus, age Christ. Because yeah. of the money. I get, no, that I get. I'm just yeah. saying, but what kind of – they will figure it out. I'm just saying – what what I would love to see their outline of how we're gonna get and the whole cast is coming back. Yeah, well, wouldn't the you? Whole cast, wouldn't you? Why? Why? But, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, fucking I'm, of course, but shoot this movie into space. Wasn't Stephen Lang killed at the end of it. Yeah, oh, Stephen Lang's coming back. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna. Oh, they're, oh, come on. They're gonna they're gonna Terminator his ass and bring him back from the future or some shit like that, or they're gonna clone him. And and bring him back that he yeah he'll I don't, I don't is he back I don't know if he is but I didn't see the credits for Avatar, Avatar two yet but I mean so the, look in the end the thing that interests me most is how do the Navi actually have sex that's what I want to know well there you have yeah. it Stephen Lang will be back for all four sequels yeah what the fuck yeah well yeah and by the way he's sixty eight right now so ain't shit Harrison Ford's gonna be eighty when Indiana Jones five drops that um, not happening. But if, if it's happening, you know what if you've already seen Avatar and you have a desire to see it again, don't and go watch some of the Brazzers Avatar porn. <laughs> yeah, they, Which is funny because in my notes, number four, the uh, when can we see some Navi porn? That's what I want to know. It's there. It exists already. I completely pulled that out of my ass and I'm shocked, but not shocked that that's actually the payoff is much better. And is the it? porn is better than the movie. <laughs> Does, the plot is far better. Do they do they just you know the thing with the nerve endings where they where they intertwine? Did you, I don't did know. They, I think it's just porn. Do they just jam it that way? They didn't have the they didn't have the budget for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, this is here are my notes. The obvious dances with wolves includes technology. This is this film, and James Cameron admitted he got this idea from watching Disney's Pocahontas. So, out of the gate, manifest destiny, the gold rush, oil claims. I mean, it is every cliche trope in one film. I just was just you're like, oh, yep. God. Uh, and my, uh, I think the funniest joke, the Navi eyes, like their eyes and their face, they're trying to run away from each other, like on Jake Busey's face. <laughs> yeah. uh, as I said before, this movie is a Pam Anderson, Salma, Salma Hayek, or, or Halle Berry in their, in their prime, but it's like fucking, it's like they lay there like a dead fish. This film is a visual 10, but when, once you get inside, it's a fucking four. That's the number I have. That's the number I have. It's a four, and it's honest to God, three and a half for the visual, beautiful style effects you see there. And I will say one last thing about this. When I did the ride, you know, of course, and it's a long-ass wait, and they, they plan for it. But when you get inside to actually the labs and shit, you're not excited. As you, I'm sure you've been other rides, the Star Wars rides, when you get to them, you see all the cool things. You see the chessboard in the Millennium Falcon. <coughs> you see other things, other rides. The Simpsons rides, the the uh, the fast, oh, fast and the Furious ride, whatever that sucked. But in other rides, you see memorabilia hanging up or things. You're like, oh, that's from that part. In the entire line of Avatar, not at one point was I like, oh, that's from the fucking scene where they blah blah blah. From there, because there's nothing about this film that's residual that stands out besides the beauty. Can I tell you a scene? Maybe the part where he has to mate with the dragon and and have the bond. I remember. The part where he has to get on the orange dragon, the badass dragon, can I? Where he fought, what's his face, the 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 colonel, and then when he where he lot where he has to talk to what's her? Uh, um, oh God, Gamora. I already forgot her name in real life. She's hot though. Other than that, this film does not stand out uh, uh, anything wise. There's nothing single handed that jumps out of my mind. I go that scene where you? Oh my God! Or you want to quote it? Nope, not at all. No, I totally agree. It's no pulp fiction. 
What's that? It's no Pulp Fiction. I'll you're say got, that. You're goddamn right. It's no Pulp Fiction. Kevin Israel, what would you give this film in the old one to 10? You know what? I'll give it a six. Wow. Just because of the visuals and the, my experience seeing it the first time, I think without the special effects, it's probably a three or a four. But the special effects and just the overall visual experience of it was so impactful that I have to give it a six. And, and it really did, like we were saying, revolutionize movies that we're still seeing today. Right. Um, that it's, I mean, it, it's, I think it's an important movie in that Cameron was so hell bent on making this fully CGI interactive experience and he pulled it off flawlessly visually. I changed my, my score. I give it a five because it's four style points right then and there. That's how, how tantamount this thing was to getting, I think if this if it wasn't for this, there is no Avengers. Yeah, I, that's, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. You know what, I don't know that those movies rely on the CGI so heavily, but I think they rely on a lot of the technology that made the the CGI characters interact with their universe. Right. Um, and I think that that really brought it around to a whole new level. Because even if you watch if you watch a lot of the Lord of the Rings, the, the special effects don't hold up quite as well anymore right um but this like you said it, it really still does it's it's visually especially and especially on the hd tvs and the 4k tvs that we have now it you know it's an experience i, I just wish it was a better movie yeah yeah will you see the sequel sequels i'll i mean i'll probably wait till they're online or you know see the like watch them on Netflix or whatever. Ah, see, I don't know if you can do that. A, a film of this magnitude, this screams. You have to see it in a theater. You have to. I, I'll have to see the trailers. I, you know, yeah. I just to me, going to see a movie now is such an ordeal and undertaking. I hate dealing with people. It's an expensive undertaking. And if I'm going to go see a movie in a theater, it's got to be something that I really want to see. Yeah, who knows if movie theaters will even be around after coronavirus? Nope. <laughs> I'll glad I'll gladly we'll go see that we'll have to sit in pods. Hopefully those pods are soundproof because there's nothing worse than going there and hearing people fucking yapping away with stupidity <laughs> coming out of their mouths. Yuck. Delvin Cook, excuse me, Delvin Cook. That's a running back for the Vikings. What the fuck am I saying? Delvin <laughs> Cox, give me a number one to ten. Three. Wow. And I'm being generous. <laughs> I mean, I know you hated it, but even with style points, you get it's still only only a three. I'll give it one style point. Give it a, bring up the four. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. I respect your commitment. I do too. Del- <coughs> Delvin Cox, where can we find you? Shout it out. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox, and you can check out the Delvin Cox experience anywhere you get podcasts. Kevin Israel. KevinIsrael.com. Don't bother with my calendar. Everything was canceled. Yeah. I will tell you when I'm performing again. Uh, it might be that show that uh, that you – what are we on? Are we on a show at some point? Together? Yeah, Ju- July thirty first. <laughs> that might be my first show back. Yeah, we'll be ru- uh, rusty uh, as all hell. You can get my album "The Struggle Is Real" on iTunes and everywhere else. KevinGoatee.com. It's too early to make NFL picks and bets, and I'm not seeing there aren't any new films being released really, so I can't write about that. But if you want to just go on there for some good old general hilarity, by all means. Kevin Goatee on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but more importantly, Gutting the Sacred Cow, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube so you can see all of our smiling faces and watch Kevin drink out of a Tide container as well. 
That's always fun. <laughs> and if you're looking to advertise, please do so. Uh, Gutting the sacred cow at hotmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to help you expand your business or service. And anything else we have to promote, or that's yeah, you it. Left out one thing again, Kev. No, oh, that's right. Delvin did Delvin cut Jesus Christ, it's our fucking Did title. Delvin gut the sacred cow? I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Damn it. I don't, I don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. I, you know, and again, I, on rewatch, this wasn't a movie that I, that I think held up to what I, my first experience, but the, just the importance of the visual aspect of this movie, you, you can't take it away. And then the numbers, just pure numbers. This movie was a juggernaut. The numbers it still is. What's that? The numbers don't matter. This movie fucking sucks. They do matter. If you're sitting in the hol- an office in Hollywood, they more than fucking matter. <laughs> But yeah, James Cameron's gonna. Well, he's, gonna, he's still gonna go down as one of the greatest directors of our time. Just like you said, his top two films were ones that were not good. Yeah, Delvin Cox, it's been a pleasure and a treat. Thank you for having us on your podcast a few weeks ago. But thank you for joining us today and taking down Avatar. Kevin Israel, Kevin Goatee, Delvin Cox. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you later. Take care. Peace.